everyone, welcome to a special presentation of the Superficial Spirit. Over the next several weeks, I will be interviewing the Eliminated Queens from Canada's Drag Race Season 4, fresh out of the workroom, right to your ears. Set reminders, subscribe, leave comments, and share your favorite episodes, and of course, send love to the Queens. Here's today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Superficial Spirit. On today's show, I am talking to Montreal's underground, hyper-pop, grunge queen and the first queen eliminated from Canada's Drag Race season four, CC Superstar. Honey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You look good, honey. Wow. Thank you. You know, I woke up like this, literally. (laughs) (laughs) You just got home from the club last night. You just rolled in, right? Exactly. Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even take my makeup off from yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I was throwing my own party, so it finished really late, and I had to wake up early. So it's like, let's yeah, dress it up. Yeah, Who can I do get that, it. Though? I'm sorry, yeah, you're resourceful. I get it. Where where did you have your party last night? At a three dollar bill. Oh wait, that's New York, isn't it? No, no, no. It's in uh, uh, Toronto. It's okay. a new bar that a new queer bar that opened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I think there's one in New York called Three Dollar Real. Maybe it's Two Dollar yes. Real, but that sounds fun. Yeah, yes. there is, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so how are you feeling? This the episode aired last night. You are putting on your lipstick, which is great. Um. Tell tell me what's going through your head now. The the day after you've been eliminated. I'm feeling good. I'm like, thanks God, it's over. Oh. I'm like, okay. I'm joking. I mean, okay. I was excited, obviously, to see more of myself on TV. But you know, s- some stuff is out of your control. So yeah, it is what exactly. it is. Uh, but I'm feeling good. Like I've been in a good headspace. Um, like I had obviously like eight eight months or something to do my uh my grievings. <laughs> my grieving. Oh my god, my career is <laughs> over, <laughs> girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the thing is, obviously everybody goes onto these shows hoping and expecting to win. But when you're the first gone, it's kind of iconic because people remember that. And most often the first queen to go, people are outraged, like your fans in Montreal and Quebec. I'm sure yeah. like, what the fuck? Oh and God, same no. with, um, I remember interviewing Juicebox and the same thing happened. Like you may have been the first one off, but that doesn't mean you didn't make an impact, right? I won first place to go home. exactly at least i have a title you know i'm i'm like i don't take all of that too seriously myself i think Mm -hmm. people are more outraged than i was probably when i left i was like you know what like it is what it is (laughs) yeah that's a good outlook to have and you never know where this is going to take you like there's so many spinoffs now with canada versus the world and international versions and all stars like who knows who knows right this is just the beginning um one thing that i was really excited to talk to you about is the fact that you come from the underground scene and i loved when denim was was mentioning that and denim's confessionals was like you know cc is such an icon in the underground scene and i was wondering when i was watching it how you take that underground energy i also was a big part of the underground scene in, in vancouver um and how you take that like fringe cultural experience of being underground and not in mainstream and then going on something that's so commercial and so yes. bubblegum. What was that like for you? 
It was really cool to like, you know, I'm so used to being my own boss and doing my own thing. I really wanted to experience something different and just like put my feet in the door and just like go through that kind of crazy experience. So for me, it was really nice. And it was really cool to see all like the BTS aspect of the show and just like the production. I'm really art, like I'm an artistic person. All of these little things like really interest me. So it was cool to see all of that. And uh, I think I really brought like the, like, of course they're going to put on the show the best forward and whatsoever, but I really brought like my energy that it's like, yeah, I, I am, it is, you're getting what you're getting and I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to edit it. This is your job to do. So I really went, uh, like bareback in the competition. Like, literally. Oh, we love some bareback <laughs> moments, especially on TV. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you feel that way. Like it, it's, it's a very, I am obsessed with behind the scenes. I wish I could come and just sit on set. I I'm obsessed with reality you TV know. and I always want to know Priyanka is the only one who told me like off camera, off the interview, like what happens behind the scenes. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but she did. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you're into we're it. Too. All, we're drag queens. Hello, we're all talking to tea, honey. Like you cannot just stop a drag queen <laughs> from opening her mouth. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, y'all do what you want. Um, and there's been a lot of successful queens from Quebec, you know, Rita yeah. and the last reigning queen, the current reigning queen is from yes. there. Did you have any advice from them as you were coming into the season? Rita has always been like supportive of me and my drag since forever. And she was just like, be yourself and enjoy the ride. Like I didn't like want to have too many advice also. And I didn't want to like know too much and know everyone who was going there, all the rules. Yeah. Like I really wanted to have the drag race experience like as it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. One thing I'm curious about, and this is something I talk to a lot of people on my show about, is the idea of, you know, being in the world, doing your drag in your community, and then having this sense that you belong on a bigger stage or like feeling yeah. called to drag race or like having a sense of destiny and, and wanting to be a star and manifesting this this elevated experience when you were growing up and when you're in the underground scene in Montreal, yeah. did you feel like you wanted to be famous that you were like, I mean, your name is CC superstar. So I imagine that yeah. being a superstar is part of the fantasy, but what was it like leading up to drag race? Is this something that you were really craving and that you felt like you needed to go on a bigger stage? Craving, you know? Um, yeah. The plug. <laughs> I mean, I've been working towards, um, having that kind of just like platform and whatsoever for like years. I've been like doing my own art shows. It's been like 10 years. I have my own parties. I'm doing like, this is just like another step, you know, forward to being even more famous. You know, it's like, I want to be like the most successful, famous pork chop in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm voting for that. One, per, one pork chop to roll them all. <laughs> oh my god, that's its own show. I would watch yeah. that. I love that. Like, I. It's kind of funny to me, like because from what I've seen on the show, we've seen glimpses of me saying iconic stuff and like whatsoever. But I feel like they didn't a hundred percent like went there. You know, it's like mm. I really was going on the show to break the mold. It's like 
it's been the same formula for so long. And when I auditioned, I was like, I want to add some spice in it and like bring it to a level that it's like the first season of Drag Race when people have their own catch line and people have their own like shtick. Like I really wanted to do that and break that, which is something that was very needed on Canada's Drag Race. And I really went there and went in that kind of mindset and hopefully I did well like in my head I did but you know I'm a little delulu so you have to be delusional you have to be delusional to to go down that path yeah breaking the mold is interesting and you mentioned fame like you wanted you want to continue to be famous fame has changed a lot though and especially with um like i don't know how old you are but if you go back to like paris Lindsay, britney early 2000s paparazzi very very one thing yeah like (laughs) obsessed but now it's like social media tiktok instagram canada um drag race in general what what do you um when you visualize yourself becoming like the superstar you were born to be what what is it that you think about is it paparazzi is it fans is it followers what is it I don't know. I'm focusing so much on like the artistry behind it. Like I'm a fucking artist. Like for me, it's like, I want people not just to love the concept or the idea of of being into me. I want them to actually like be moved and appreciate what I do and whatsoever. So I think like I want a longevity of fans that are a little more deep than what we see usually like on the uh, drag race mm-hmm. franchise. I kind of find like, and that's the point with the alternative scene is like, I know it's more niche and I know it's not for everyone. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but the fans that I get and the people who write to me and the people who are into my music are such dedicated people because you are going to have the people who root or are rooting for the, the main girl who's like perfidy perfect and whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, it's like kind of like pop and alternative music and whatsoever. It's like there's going to be the next girl who's even more perfect and have the like and better outfits. And it's like they're just going to switch it up. Now it's that girl. We're all rooting for that girl. And it's like for me, I think my advantage in being alternative and the alternative scene is people are very loyal. You build a loyal following and it's like... um Kind of like you, I was listening to stuff like 15 years ago and then I went to the show and it's the same people that are like, like super. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loyal fans. What is it about the underground or alternative scene that makes the fans so connected to their artists? I think it's because it's not everyone who can relate to it. It's not. So it's something that feels a little more special and a little more like, I don't know, just like people feel like they have not to protect it, but like, I don't know how to say they, they have a sense of relating and knowing that not everyone is relating to that makes it kind of special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that way about the club kids like James St. James, Amanda Lepore, like those people of the nineties in New York city. Were you inspired by those people too? Absolutely. That was kind of my root of like, I started hosting and doing looks before like fully like performing on stage and whatever. Like when I was 22, I was hosting like West gay with Amandala poor. Exactly. Like all, oh. I was like having my New York moment. I was like hosting a bunch wow. of parties and like 
a while that I'm in the scene and I've been doing like all of that. And it's like, it's not something that it would have been obviously interesting to see a bit of my backstory and the nightlife and like whatsoever on the show. But it's, I feel like it's not something Drag Race focus on so much. It's very like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm such a peeled person. You have to peel a lot of layers and I'm not like someone who's going to put a little front for TV and be like, it's like but i understand also in a competition setting which is moving very fast they don't have time to like because i'm the girl that's going to stand in the club and be in the corner with my girls and it's like the (laughs) vibe would be like you get the vibes or you don't get the vibes it's not but there you have to be very like this is me and i'm selling myself and like look at me but i'm the kind of girl that i'm in the club and i don't even have to do that it's like my party it's like so going there was a lot of like okay i need to start carte blanche and like start from the bottom and prove myself and show these girls who i am when i clearly know who i am but it's like yeah i forgot that aspect of like these a lot of the girls didn't even know who i was so it's like it is these bitches bitches. (laughs) google me (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um it's interesting to compare being an artist and being really connected to your creative process and then going to something so formulated, form, formulaic, where, like you said, you're, yeah. you go in, it's so fast paced. You need to brand yourself instantly and be like, this is who I am. This is what you need to like. This is my catchphrase. This is my thing. But yeah. how do you think it's that environment is? is compatible with being an artist with a lot of layers like are you really able to succeed in a reality show competition if you have so much to say and it is so layered i think so i think it just depends on also like because you know you go in the competition but there's the competition within yourself and there's the competition with all the Ah. girls wanting to like i'm someone who's gonna try to like i should have like maybe take more space actually and i should Mm. have taken and then like but I'm someone who's always like, I don't want to step on people's toe and whatsoever. But at some point I was like, I kind of lost it on the show. I was like, y'all are going to all get it. Yeah. It must be hard once you get onto the show and you, you know, you're in the bottom and then another day comes to keep your mind focused and not let that get to you i can't imagine anything more stressful than being in a fucking drag competition at a club would be too much for me but then on tv like how do you what what wakes what goes through your mind on the day you wake up of filming and you know like it's elimination day how are you feeling so basically what people don't know is uh when we say stuff like last week last episode no no it's like it's not last week it's like yesterday so yeah yeah you know, you have to get like into it. And the first episode basically was pretty rough for me. Like they showed yeah. like it's of like kind of like it was not very like I thought it was not what I thought I would receive, obviously. So it was like, okay, so it's going that route, okay. But then I went into my hotel room, I didn't sleep, I had like one hour of sleep, and then the morning the first thing you do is you go into confessionals and I'm like, I want to have a brand new energy. I like, yeah. I want to stay fresh and like whatsoever, but you can't do that because they're going to be like about yesterday. And you just like, uh, so it's like you, I was trying to kind of like move on and, but 
I think I did a good job of that actually and like really tried to show a different side of me and like just like I tried I, she tried <laughs> what else can you do like it doesn't stop it's like a train you get on and then you just like hold on for dear life and yeah that's the thing about filming a show is like real housewives always say this is like you relive it multiple times you live it when you film it and then yeah. you live it again when it's on tv and then you live it again when there's a reunion if there's a reunion for this season <laughs> it's like constantly traumatizing you. yes yes exactly the trauma the trauma mama what um has being on the show changed your opinion of drag race as a franchise as a show did you get any insights and now you look at it differently Yes and no. Like, I mean, I know, I kind of knew what Drag Race was, right? And it's like, it's a beast. And um, I went there not for Drag Race. I went there for myself to put my foot in the door. So it's like, I don't feel like I learned anything that I wasn't expecting. Like, if I something actually is like, everyone who was working there was so kind to me. And we have like such a special team that works behind the doors with us that like really take care of us and like you know queen care and the people working there they're like really you know it is a competition and it's most of the time really stressful but they're very accommodating and apparently we have the best queen care in like all franchise i've heard that yeah from people who have done like multiples one and whatsoever they told us like so i was super happy to work with the girls i love these girls to be honest yeah it's a good cast it 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 was so fun to work with them but it was fun to work with the producers were really nice and everything Mm -hmm. like i didn't agree with everyone all the time like i didn't agree with a bunch of stuff but that doesn't mean that they like i know they respect me and i know i know they love what i brought on the show and we just have to not take it too seriously and be like you know, it was like I went on Drag Race. No matter what position I I was, I was like one that was selected among totally. like thousands and thousands of queens. So it's like for me, I just wanted to go fuck it up and nice show myself. Yeah. I mean, I think people have to remember that how hard and grueling the audition process is, like, especially if you audition multiple years, you put in yeah. so much time and energy and effort into it. And even uh, to get on the show is such a such a huge accomplishment because they are recognizing something in you exactly and it's like i think it also trains you to go on the show even because i did Mm. (laughs) i did four years i auditioned the four years and from my first audition tape to the the last one it was like such growth and it's like it makes you also because i've been hosting here and there at my parties and whatsoever like drunk on the mic and but like i I didn't do any interviews in like eight years. Like I worked for myself for so long that I don't. I don't even feel like ah. I have to. Oh, I I didn't even feel like I have to sell myself and whatsoever. So the fourth year was very like you're gonna have to buy it now because you know I had to sell sell myself and it's like I'm used to people in Montreal just like knowing who I am, knowing yeah. where I, knowing what I do. So the audition process was very like kind of I gained a lot of experience just talking and be able to communicate and put my words in and like 
I'm such like a anxious, awkward person in general. And it's like, <laughs> I, I got out of that shell a little bit and like, it really got me to, yeah. If there's anything I'm grateful is like the amount of work that I put for it really like made me grew in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you know how to improve your audition tape? Like, did they give you feedback or did you talk to other girls? How do you know what to make better? I, I ask some of the, because after like the third time, it was my, at the fourth time, I was like, can you tell me like, what am I not doing or whatsoever? Mm -hmm. And they were like, your audition like last year was like perfect. It was just like a matter of like casting and whatsoever. I wouldn't say it was perfect. But <laughs> it was, you know, it was like, we loved your audition and whatsoever. It's just like, yeah. you have to consideration that they are building a cast and yeah. That's the only advice I would give to people. It's like, it's not because you're not on TV or you're not going on drag race that you like, just don't give up. Like it, it goes, drag goes so much further than just that, you know? Oh my God. So much further. It's just one, one piece of drag. Exactly. So it's like, I just like, my only advice is like, speak loud, speak clearly, yep. like, uh, be yourself. Don't be afraid to show like your goofy side and the side that you, most of the time your side that makes you a little awkward and like off is what people will recognize you and like yes it's not just like everyone can have like pearly white teeth and like be perfect but like for me what i right when i recognize people it's like i love the little cracks i love to see uh, yes like, that's what entertained me and that's what i wanted to bring on the show I wanted to bring someone who has like crooked teeth and I wanted to bring someone that's like fucking awkward. And I wanted to bring yeah. someone not afraid to say anything to anyone. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's the human side, right? The human side of drag. The realness. As yes. Yeah, the only one I who can have the perfect white teeth is Brooklyn Heights, honey. That's it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the, it was cool. Like I saw, obviously, like reality is real. Reality TV is not reality. It's I not, know it's not what it was. And I went, yeah. In a, I went barebacking Drag Race as if it was like the Anonicals Med Show. Like I went uh, there, girl. Serve. I wanted to serve like old school reality TV like vibes, <gasps> like. Canadian franchise I think they were I don't know if they were ready for that and it's like I was like they might be because they actually casted me but it's like yeah people can be into the idea of what you're they can be into the idea of what you're gonna bring but I are they ready to actually put it up and like I yep. get absolutely unhinged like <laughs> so many stuff that brought even more you know but it's like yeah it is what it is. We're 11 girls. We're all talking over each other. Yep. And it's like, the, the episode is an hour and it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I did years ago, I think like 10 years ago, I did an underground party in Vancouver and we did an Anna Nicole Smith seance. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I was so cool. Um, okay, we're we're nearing time. I only have thirty minutes with you, but um, I thought it was kind of ironic that you had to lip sync to Avril because when Avril came out, remember she was like, "I'm punk," and everybody made fun of her. I'm a yeah. big Avril stan. But what was it like for you? Because you are alternative. You're part of the underground scene, and then you're kind of you're lip syncing to somebody who's always been like, "Okay, you're not underground, yeah. Avril. You're not punk." What was that like? Are you an Avril fan? I- in, I'm happy I won that lip sync, first of yeah. all. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. The people are already talking. I don't have to be talking about all of that. People are already yeah. doing that. And I don't really care for that matter. But it was funny to like, this is a song I've been listening since I'm 15 years old and I'm 32 yes, now. That's yeah. why I, on the show, I was like, I don't mind lip syncing. Not just because I thought, I deserved it on the moment, but also because I knew I would fucking eat that lip sync. Yeah. But you know what? You can use any fucking angles you want. I know I'm going to win. And if I, you send me <laughs> home, that just means it was in the books, period. <laughs> and that's that on that. I love it. <laughs> Long tea. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So to wrap things up, what yes. are what are you hoping to do? Like, what are your expectations now post Drag Race? What are your plans? What's the big vision? What can we expect to see from CC Superstar? I'm gonna continue being continue being me. Um, I have my Donald Do merch. <gasps> Love it! I'll get myself one. Look at those boobies. Um, you know, I'm just gonna continue being an icon, and I'm gonna put even more looks and grow and like move forward. Like that's. What's up with me? I'm like, next. Like, if anyone wants to call me, they'll call me back. If not, I'll run my own show, you know? Yeah. Like, I was pretty, like, already known before going on the show in my community and in Montreal. And more, like, in around, like, I've been traveling and the girls know. Yeah. So, it's, like, the future, I just see, like, trying to uh, utilize even more my platform yeah. to push it further for sure and i think people are gonna realize that i gave iconic tv and like i don't know if i got me i would want more so i love it well you know what honey if nobody else calls you i'll call you i got you yeah. <laughs> thank All you right. so much for being here cc <laughs>